0: Welcome to the Red, White, and Blue Flags F1 Podcast. I'm Ryan Vasquez. And I'm
1: Stephen McNally. We are your home for F1 racing this side of the pond. On today's show, we'll be previewing the Gran Premio dell'Italia, or the Italian Grand Prix. Uh, Certainly one I'm always excited for. I think it's uh, steeped in history, the track that's held the most Grand Prix, and, uh, you know, has a, a decent shot of giving you an exciting race. Certainly exciting finishes. And, I don't know, I think just the uh, the atmosphere is one of the best you're going to see. You've got the uh, Tafosi going crazy in red, and if you can have a competitive Ferrari driver, it's going to be absolute bedlam.
0: Fun. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to this track only because I think it'll you know rejuvenate Ferrari a little bit uh and maybe get us a little bit of uh some change on the old uh podium but it's it's always fun to see just as we saw in the Netherlands uh last week um a really engaged crowd for a particular reason whether it's the home track for the team or it's a home track for a popular driver it's always really exciting to kind of see that atmosphere
1: Yep, and we have three teams where this is their home race. Obviously, Ferrari, uh, Alpha Tauri, and Alpha Romeo. This is their home race. Two of the three teams have decided to chuck on a special paint job. Uh, Ferrari, they've decided to add a little bit of yellow and kind of ended up making the Belgian flag on the back of their car by mistake. Uh, but I really like what alfa romeo did kind of getting the italian colors on there uh i think that was just a really kind of bang on job they did
0: no again it's like it's nice when there's like action It just like with uh the nfl early in the show for ryan's uh, american analogy of the week uh and even with college football because it is it is football weekends are upon us um the special colors they every you know rolling out the special colors the special jerseys the special helmets the throwbacks the homages those are always fun to see it sells more stuff. <laughs> 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 it's a, it's, Merchandising, but you really wonder is it is it a cool thing to do? Is it nice to commemorate, or is it a money grab? And sometimes it's somewhere in between. I feel like in F one, it is nice homages to the past, and it's it's to celebrate and do some stuff. But damned if it doesn't sell a few shirts and hats.
1: Well, I so, really do feel like Ferrari's just a marketing company that happens to sell cars, because <laughs> I feel it, like it if, could be at this point. If you look at their cash flow, I feel like they make more off licensing t-shirts than they do off of selling cars.
0: Well, oh, there's certainly definitely a cult of Ferrari where it's like, look at all this Ferrari stuff I wear. or Look at this Ferrari branding. How many of those people actually own and drive a Ferrari,
1: though? It's the same ratio of people who are Hurricanes fans that actually went to the U.
0: I know, but that's the thing. He goes, no one's going to ask. Well, you, it's kind of a weird thing because it is a private school, so it's just a little bit odd, right? <laughs> um, but he goes, uh, it's uh, one of those things where if you are wearing a Ferrari shirt, I'm going to probably question whether you drove in a Ferrari. How many Ferrari owners actually wear Ferrari things? That's really the question, right?
1: That's true. That, that's not quiet luxury to wear the shirt.
0: Yeah, it's, I'm always reminded, Steve, of our middle school teacher, Miss Williams. And I don't know if you were in class on this day or if you had this in this class because we were in actually different sections when we were in school together. We go way back, folks. But, um, but
1: we, we we were in 601, 701, and 801 together.
0: Correct, correct. But the thing here was she she chastised one of our other friends who essentially said, do you think rich people wear branded stuff and rich kind of content all the time and show off their richness or or their wealth and she's like rich people don't do that and damn if she wasn't right Uh, that was a lesson for me almost more than 20 years ago pressure um like
1: being that hyper aware before you know the the trends of social media that's that's uh big brain stuff It's just, I was like, oh, wow, you
0: know, I mean, I respected her. She was a smart teacher and I liked her class. It's just one of those things where I'm like, it made you think, you know, and, you know, we had a few teachers that made us think, but made you think. I'm like, that's interesting. And then you see all these articles and you see these people and you see stuff. It's like this white T-shirt is $800 and it doesn't have anything on it other than it's a white T-shirt. So, like, it could be a white T-shirt from Walmart. And if that person was rich, they could probably get away with it. It's like, oh, that must be an $800 T-shirt. But, you don't. Know, it doesn't say Gucci across it. It doesn't say Chanel or, or Hermes or anything like that. So, anyway, a, a long story to say, I just don't believe you if you're wearing a Ferrari shirt that you've probably <laughs> ever driven in a Ferrari. A that Ferrari, shirt, a Ferrari <laughs>
1: shirt and a ludicrously capacious bag.
0: Right. Uh, so. That aside, though, I'm excited to see Ferrari... Uh, Stunt, if you will, at their home race and all the also the other home teams. I, I I give Alfa Romeo a little bit more fun. You know, I'm like that's cool. I know Atari, It's a home race for them too, but they're Red Bull light and whatever. So,
1: <laughs> well, yeah, uh, Alfa Romeo went a little bit Francesco Bernoulli from Cars too, um, <laughs> but I, I I like it. You know, everyone's a little bit hampered by how heavy the cars are, so there's always. Still going to be a lot of bare black carbon fiber for weight saving, but I think they incorporate it nicely enough. Um, The car looks fast, but won't actually, in reality, compete for much more than a handful of points unless there's something completely outlandish happening, like rain. But yeah, no rain. Like rain, which we might get some on Sunday. Uh, We we have not had a dry weekend of racing since Baku at this point, which was April. Every other weekend afterward has had some kind of inclement weather during the weekend. So I think this is just the uh, the new normal of a climate change environment of trying to do something outdoors. You know, we, we already lost one race, the other uh, Italian race of the year at Imola, to you know horrible flooding so it's nice that we can come back to italy and actually have a race here Uh, i cannot wait to hear the best national anthem which is the italian national anthem and you know at least you know hearing that will help me suffer through hearing the dutch national anthem for the 10th straight time
0: yes i need a little bit something to cut through it's uh please um we had a little bit of fun last week. Uh, there was somewhat of a chance of interest on the podium, and you know, there was a lot of intrigue with all the things that happened in the race, and we recapped that. I don't know if we'll get that kind of mix of unfortunate events that will lead to this breaking of the streak, but I'll, I'll pray for it, uh, use my voodoo doll of Max for it. <laughs> I will hold my lucky uh, rabbit's foot for it. I don't know, but I... I not that I have anything against Max, I just it's so boring to watch that someone win the same race every week, especially well, if that's not your favorite driver.
1: Uh, we, we do have on our side the you know seemingly newly arising Monza curse. you know we had 2019 Charles won next year DNF 2020 Pierre won and you know that very famous underdog win following year DNF. We had Daniel Ricciardo win two years ago, and you know McLaren's only win in twelve years, and last year DNF. So if we follow this trend, Max won last year. This year we should expect him to DNF. So I don't know if all curses are real, but hey, maybe this one uh, pops up and gives him a puncture, and someone else takes the cake.
0: It just depends on if his deal with the devil kind of expires this week, but. I, I don't, I'm not optimistic, but hey, I like curses if they work in my favor. Um, but yeah, I mean, interesting news this week aside, right? I mean, we're here, right? Uh, a lot of stuff's been going on on the track, right? Uh, we've got new drivers on the track, unfortunately, because Danny hurt himself. Um,
1: and, yeah, really wanted to... You know, have Danny get another chance to come back to the track that he last won at. Obviously, as I just mentioned, he DNF last year with a uh, hydraulic failure. So, uh, seeing him come back here in like a, a cheerier mood, I think would have been nice, uh, especially with his Italian heritage and his broken Italian. Um, but it looks like he's not only going to miss this race, which is you know the second uh, race he'd be missing, but uh, seems like Singapore and Japan are nearly certain to to give Liam Lawson a four race run of an audition,
0: and I'm here for it. And uh, I, one of the drivers I've been watching out, uh, you know, that is in the wings, um, and a guy that I'm like, man, he deserves a shot. And you hate to see that guys can't get a shot, and that's nothing against the people on the grid either. You know, it's just. It's so hard to break in with 20, and um, it's where you wish you had more teams. And this is one of those instances in which he gets a chance to prove himself without having to force a driver out, per se. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do with a full week of preparation for himself.
1: Yep, and we we did have one other young driver in, in the first free practice this weekend, Felipe Drogovic. Uh, hopped in the seat for Aston Martin. He was, you know, a- as you would kind of expect towards the end of the field. Um, in you know, free practice one is always kind of uh, awkward to gauge people's pace. Um, but uh, performed ad- admirably enough in only his second time in, in really getting into a uh, Formula One seat. So, uh Yet again, just you know another young talent looking for an opportunity to break in uh but additionally, some of those available seats seem to have been you know snatched up for another couple of years
0: yeah, uh he was in Lance's car, though wasn't he
1: uh I believe he was in yes, he was in Lance's car, which is. <laughs>
0: Not the, not the best, probably not the best car you could have picked if you were going to like take a lap around. rum. And, and yeah. The, farm,
1: the, but the only yeah. seat that I think is probably built with an injector seat for anyone not named Stroll. Right.
0: Uh, so, you know, uh, we are seeing some guys getting locked up, right? Um, got the Mercedes
1: drivers locked up until 2025. Finally right, put which, pen to paper.
0: And, you know, we we talked about this a little bit, Steve, uh, off mic, but it's an interesting kind of note to do so. We see a lot of contracts kind of ending in 2024. And um, obviously they're not going to probably, at this juncture, renew these guys for one more year, per se. Both drivers are worthy of longer extensions, if they so like. But that 2025 that 2025 season is an interesting point um, because regulations change in 2026, or regula- new regulations change uh, Take, take effect.
1: Right. And, you know, by the end of that season, Lewis will be, you know, he'll, he'll be 40 years old for the entire season of that 2025 season. Um, And, you know, we talk about should younger drivers get a crack to come in? You know, is is he holding up somebody's seat? You always kind of think that, you know, we, we've obviously mentioned that with the Haas drivers of, you know, Nico and, and K-Mag being in their, you know, mid-30s and, uh, you know, I, I I'll do an American analogy this week. You know, I don't. I'm not saying we should set age limits and when you should be able to drive Formula One, but it's definitely something we should look into in politics. Uh, I think <laughs> I don't think anybody at 40 year old is just going to freeze behind the wheel, but I think if anyone's got capability still at 40, it'd be Lewis. Uh, Fernando, Alondo, uh, Fernando Alonso was interviewed about Lewis getting an extension, and you know he seemingly had uh, glowing compliments for him, saying that you know if I was having a race team and I had Lewis on my team, I would keep him until he was eighty or until somebody you know who was younger can prove to me that they can drive faster than him, and nobody's been able to do that. You know, I right, think you know, of I, course, I, I they think ask. He's, yeah. He's slyly kind of saying, like, also, I want to drive until I'm 50 also, and I just need to kind of lay the groundwork that that's okay.
0: Right. The The grid's oldest man uh, wanted to make sure the <laughs> second oldest man, uh, you know, didn't set him up for failure, right? So. Yeah,
1: surely he's not going to say, like, know, 40's too old. Like, well, you're going to be 44. I'm like, well, not for me. That's L Plan. Yeah, right, But, uh, you know, Lewis has always spoken about how he still has the passion and the and the love to, you know, keep driving for a long time. But I I think he was very succinct in, you know, his, what he had to say was, like, the job's not done. And I know the job for him is to retire with the most championships. You know, whether or not someone comes along to pass him, he doesn't have any control over that. But I know he wants to walk away from the sport with as little doubt in everyone's mind that he's the greatest of all time um you know i max doesn't quite share that same sentimentality uh he's like i you know winning three or winning six or winning eight he doesn't see any difference in that um it's it's almost like he's kind of he'd be bored with it at that point you know winning five in a row it's like all right i Well, what am I going to do? I think I'll just walk away. Uh, But, you know, I know that from what he said, it's important to Lewis.
0: Right. So, I mean, we're seeing some... We're seeing not a lot of seats open. That doesn't mean that there's not seats open. Um, Any contract can be broken. Correct. And... uh, you know there is some uncertainty in certain places, and you don't know if certain teams will go in another direction at the end. I, I don't think we'll see anything silly like people getting removed in the middle of the season, um, but <laughs> not again at least. I mean like, we we've had our one already. I think uh, you know uh, there. Well, I mean let, let me be, let me let me caveat that. There might be one more, right? But I don't think it'd be unwarranted. It, it, it's uh, Williams and unfortunately our boy, Logan Sargent. And this week, his team principal said, you need to earn it, right? And uh, Val's didn't mince any, any words there. And he was, you know, I don't think wrong for saying it. Uh although it's kind of an interesting week to do it, he did. Logan did nothing wrong last week for why he did not finish. It was not his fault. Um, but to hear that the following week doesn't sound like the team rallying around him either, like we heard, you know, on the call last week, where it's like, maybe the team will rally around Logan. You know, not, it doesn't sound like it when it says, you got to go earn it, buddy.
1: You know, I, I think it's a, a matter of he still could have qualified better and not made the mistake in qualifying and he still started 10th and still kind of fell back like you know ultimately why he ended his race wasn't his fault but while he was racing maybe there was still a little bit he could have left on the table just they really see the gap in their teammates performance as what's being problematic more so than i guess even red bull and aston martin at this point um you know J- james comes from mercedes and they expect excellence i think he's taken that attitude with him and you know al- also he's taken his technical know-how and applied it very well to williams and they've made some pretty good uh development games and i think Mercedes is really starting to miss his presence there because they're not taking the same you know leaps and steps that they're used to midseason but uh yeah I think it, it's a it's a cumulative comment on Logan I think even if Logan would have scored points last week it still would have been one good weekend against another 12 that could have been better so I I don't yeah, I, I don't think one race would have made a difference in James's opinion. It still needs to be. You got eight races left of an audition or, or nine races left, and I think it, all nine have to be something significantly impressive if you want to keep your seat. Uh, because it's him, it's uh, you know both Alpha Towery drivers and Zhou Guan Yu for Alfa Romeo those are the four drivers who definitively are not signed on past the end of the season
0: you know and I'm looking at Alex Albon's performance over his career but also this season and you know yeah he's been in the points uh four times this season and not just sneaking in three of those times, the seventh and eighth twice, most recently in the points in uh, last race, um, and seems to be a little bit more consistent this, you know, last six races or so, and more consistently in the points or around the points, two, 11th places, uh, you know, 14th. There's definitely solidness there, but I think very highly of Alex Albin, so it's, I think it's a little unfair probably to compare him, Um, We know this car is not as performance-wise great as some of the other cars on the track. Much better than it has been over the years and competitive to a certain extent at times. But to sit there and say, Logan, you know, hey, you're such far apart. Now, I know what's probably doing him the most disservice is that uh, Piastri has seemed to keep up really well with a comparable uh, level driver, if you will, or more senior circuit young rising star now kind of in his prime-ish driver like Lando, uh, and seems to have held his own and that probably doesn't look good for him, but I don't know if it makes a difference if Piastri also sucks and Lando's still doing what he's doing.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, difficult to compare rookies. I'll throw out another, you know, American analogy, you know, it's not like they got drafted back to back and it's like, oh, you know, he was the first overall and this is the second overall overall. Um, or you know, comparing a first round to a second round, it's just uh, different here. When guys get a chance, you know, one guy was 28 when he got his chance, you know, and and he <laughs> didn't make it past halfway through the season. Logan's only 22. It's probably not as fair to judge a 22 year old as harshly, but uh, this is the most pressure uh, you can have in a racing position than in Formula One. So I, I think it's it's the expectation.
0: Yeah, it's um, there's always a pressure point. You, you got to find it somewhere. Where is somebody going to uh, free up a spot? I'm curious how often we've gone through F1 in the most recent seasons without driver seats being swapped, right, at the end of the season.
1: Yeah, I I feel like oh, it it it's not typical that it goes over one for one. I think, you know, you a lot of times you can get you know, e- even just all 20 drivers returning even if they're in different positions. Even that's tough to have happen. I think the best you can do sometimes is 19 out of 20.
0: So at this point, something's got to open up. And we're, we probably saw at least one. I imagine there's nothing wrong with Danny sticking in this car. Although I am very curious if Leon Lawson just has a phenomenal four races, do they start calibrating some other changes?
1: Well, you, you know, the the emergency situation last week, if something had happened, with either of the two Red Bull drivers Liam was going to go into one of the Red Bull seats not Yuki as far as I heard was reported so I feel like if Liam has an outstanding couple of races, I mean they're going to have to be outstanding like really outstanding but maybe they will be Um, you know uh, Checo put it in the gravel today in practice again I, if push comes to shove and they don't want Sergio and Liam has a phenomenal couple races, maybe it's Liam that makes the jump into that seat. Maybe Danny still stays at Alfa Romeo so he can have another year in the sport and then maybe try to land something for 2025 when, you know, 16 out of the 20 seats are open because there's only. Uh, there's only four guys signed through 2025. So I know Danny wants to make sure he's on the grid somewhere next year so that in the following year, in 2025, when all these other seats open up, he's got a shot at it. Um, I know uh, in uh, 2019, I guess, when, when it was announced that he was going to I'm sorry, in 2020 when it was announced he was going to McLaren, um I had thought like the whole year previously he was going to go to Ferrari. I thought Danny always wanted to take a shot to go there. It's you know, it's still kind of like the the top team reputation-wise, like everybody wants to race for Ferrari. Everybody's a Ferrari fan even if they say they're not. Uh, but he ended up going with McLaren, and, and he was a McLaren fan when he was younger. Certainly, Ayrton Senna was one of his favorite drivers, and, and you know, won the first race he ever went to as a spectator. Um, so I wonder if there's like an end-around chance with, uh, you know, like we talked about signs. Where is he going to go if if Danny can have a good showing and maybe end up in for, uh, Ferrari in two years?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's there's still some deck chairs to move around, if you will. Uh, yeah. Not on the Titanic, but some deck chairs to move around.
1: Because Fer- um, Ferrari's typically a team that, that doesn't have, like, two young drivers at the same time. You know, they're always... We have, you know, Michael Schumacher and, and uh, you know, Rubens Barrichello, like older drivers. They have Felipe Massa and, and Fernando Alonso, like not younger guys in the career. They have Kimi Riken and Sebastian Vettel. It wasn't until, uh, you know, Charles and Carlos that they decided to go, like, a little bit younger, so, you know, it wouldn't be completely out of character for them to, you know, sign a 36-year-old Daniel Ricciardo. Or, or, or Checo. 40-year-old Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> or Checo. Uh, potentially checker. Yeah. Uh, I, I know like Lewis has always said he, he never know, he never understood why, like it never happened. I guess like he assumed like, you know, I've been the best Ferrari's got that, you know, uh, aura around them as being the best team, whether or not statistically they are currently, it's like you figure those two would end up matching up, you know, in, in the same way, like I'll go for a third sports analogy. Uh you know, LeBron and Kobe played in, you know, combined like 13 NBA finals and never played against each other, um, you know, or, or or went to the finals every year for like a, uh, a, a 10 year stretch and never met in the finals. You know, Lewis and Ferrari, just two ships passing in the night.
0: Yeah, it seems a bit odd. You know, I wouldn't... uh, You'd almost think that Lewis wouldn't want to. Uh, I don't think there's as much of, like, the Michael Jordan effect. I don't want to go to the Bulls and be worried about being compared to Michael Jordan. uh, As as we are here, Ryan's other American analogy of the week. But um, here, people don't really care if they go to Ferrari and win championships and get compared to Michael Schumacher, right? Right. So, it's... It's
1: you know. it it's almost like a, a a north star for them in a way you know it's like it it got like because michael schumacher was there i want to go to ferrari it's a uh, it's a challenge like no nobody's won a championship there since 2009 like i want to be the guy to be able to do it it's uh you know draws them to it like a moth to a flame i just think it's
0: a little odd at this point i don't know if they can pull a guy like lewis there I mean, maybe when he's older and he decides, you know, it's a little different there. But, like, if he's going for a championship on a team, to be paired with Charles, if that's the way they go, would be a little weird, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, maybe it's he wins his eighth and he decides, like, I've done everything else in my career but race for Ferrari. Maybe I'll go do that. But, yeah, I mean, he, he's he been a Mercedes driver his entire career. You know, because it like he's been with the Mercedes works team since twenty thirteen. But even when he was with McLaren first, it was McLaren Mercedes. You know, it wasn't just the McLaren team; it was McLaren Mercedes. Uh, and he's been, you know, tied to that company uh, since two thousand and seven. So to to walk away from. You know his, you know work home like that. His professional home uh, would take a lot, and I don't. I don't think he. He certainly doesn't do it without having eight championships.
0: Yeah, it's going to be an interesting time, I guess. But um, news wise, we shift to our predictions because I know you all wait for our predictions every week because <laughs> we're so damn spot on. We're Nostradamuses of F one. All ten um, of you all 10 of you but we we have some predictions for this week and we're hoping maybe to reverse Jinx but I think I'm still banned
1: (laughs) I mean go for it like you can't do any more harm than you've already done you know it's one nine in a row what's 10 gonna do all right
0: I am going to go back to my I'm going to go back to my strategy where I'm not guaranteed to get 3 points this week. I will pick two winners. <laughs> but one of them, you know which one it is. All right, so I'm ready to go. So, first one. A f- uh no, I'm not going to hedge. I told you I wasn't going to hedge. Carlos Sainz will finish on the podium this week.
1: Carlos Sainz fastest man in free practice too. Mhm.
0: Max Verstappen will win the race. (laughs) Can't even say it with a straight face. Max Verstappen will win the race. That's my reverse jinx, everyone. Okay. All right. I will pick Lando Norris to win the race. So those are my three picks.
1: I like it. Now, you've got uh, two guys on here who... Not, I don't want to say famously, but definitely uh, notable second place finishes at Monza. You know, 2020, Pierre Gasly's win. Uh, Carlos was chasing him down the entire time. You know, famous radio, I want this win, Tom. Uh, and came basically one lap away from catching him, finished second. And then Lando, the following year career guy at McLaren and certainly the future of McLaren but the only guy to have a win there in the last 12 years was Daniel Ricciardo and he finished second to to Daniel so I know you know he was happy on the day to finish second and happy you know for the team but I think it's kind of a you know dark spot in his own mind in his you know in, in his career that he didn't, win, like, that should have been the race he won, you know, for his team. Uh, so two pretty notable second-place finishers who I think may be more motivated than, than, you know, the rest of the grid to get a win here. Certainly Lando with, you know, without having his first one. Carlos at least checked that box last year at Silverstone. So uh, my predictions... Uh, i went a little bit more vague. I said there will be a new podium finisher this week. Could have used that last week with Pierre picking up his first of the season. But there's only three drivers in the top 12 who have yet to pick up a podium this year. I think all three of them are capable of it. Uh, First is Carlos Sainz. Second is Lance Stroll, and I, I think the car is capable of it. More than Lance is,
0: but. Yeah. <laughs> More than the driver is.
1: <laughs> and then the, the third was Oscar. Uh, certainly the McLaren is a podium worthy car. Uh, Lando's got two already this year. So, I, you know, Oscar's been in that position a couple of times. So I think somebody will get a new. Uh, or, or somebody will get on the podium for the first time this year. Uh, secondly, I think Logan does respond to what James. You know, tasked him with, and I think he gets his first career points here. I think it should be a strong track for Williams, and I think he keeps his nose clean enough and he at least picks up a point. And third and finally, I will say that Alex qualifies in the top three.
0: okay qualifies in the top 3.
1: Yeah. And he could also be like I you know, I said he'd he'd be in the running for a podium last week. I still kind of go by that. I just feel a little bit stronger about, you know, maybe Carlos or Oscar getting that uh podium this year. But, you know, if if Alex can qualify high enough, he's going to be tough to pass. So uh, new Pudney finisher, Logan points, Alex, top three in quality. So I'm, I'm banking a lot on Williams this week. <laughs>
0: Definitely. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just just uh, like my fantasy draft. I drafted all the Williams.
0: Yeah, I think I'm a week away from gambling on Liam. I almost did it this week. I was going to gamble on him getting points this week. um, And I almost said, I said no, I'm not going to do that but I was going to say Liam will perform better this week than he did last week. Well, I I I decided to do that either. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to wait one more race, Steve. I'm going to wait one more race. I'm going to see. I'm going to see. I want to see first, right? I hedged. I hedged too much this week, but hopefully my picks will. I I think I, I, I put myself out on a limb. I think a little bit on,
1: on my picks this week. I, I was going to hold off my Liam Lawson points pick until Japan because he's raced there most of this year already and won a couple of races in, you know, the Super Formula in Japan. So, I'm like, if any place is going to give him good vibes, it's that. So, one, I needed to make sure he was still going to be racing uh, at that time. But that was going to be like, all right, I think, you know, he'll get the uh, Land of the Rising Sun vibes and pick up a point. It's definitely
0: a good place to pick it. I... Uh... I don't want to steal your thunder because you have the Japan vibe that going for you on that pick. <laughs> so I'll have to come up with something else next week, but yes, uh, or next time out, but we, uh, definitely want to sh- throw some love behind, uh, our guy here. Uh, cause we're hoping we do want to see a fun little, I, I think I do. I think you do too, Steve. We want to see a fun little, like uh, cup of coffee here for Liam.
1: Certainly. Um, uh, uh... But we don't want to see it so good that when Danny's healthy, they're like, "Ah, you know what? We're gonna let Liam go the rest of the year because Danny needs to race in Las Vegas." Yeah, he goes. Uh,
0: we don't want him Wally Pipped, right? Oh God,
1: poor Wally Pip. <laughs> Pulling out. I, I don't know. Is is uh, Liam Lawson the Iron Horse?
0: I don't know if he's the Iron Horse, and if you don't get that reference, you're probably. Listening to us and not Americans. So, yes. Uh, <laughs>
1: what the fuck are they going on about horses for? <laughs>
0: uh, look it up, though. We're not going to give it to you. We, we, we challenge you mentally. I think it's a good place to end the cast here, though. Steve, we will see you, uh, you know, for the review of this lovely race. You do the Italian better than I do. But for now, this is the Red, White, and Blue Flags F1 Podcast. I'm Ryan
1: Vasquez. And I'm Stephen McNally saying grazie, ragazzi. And uh, we will recap the Italian Grand Prix. And we'll see you next time across the line.